Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. I am excited to talk about tonight's uh, impedance. Hopefully everybody got notes. Did y'all get notes? Again? All right, good. Online, good job. Um, so today's culture, we know, is saturated with uh, facades, if you will. Um, the definition of a facade is this, an outward appearance that's maintained to conceal a less pleasant or credible reality. So that's a facade. It's something, an outward appearance that's, that's maintained to conceal a less pleasant or credible reality. Uh, what we see on billboards, what we see on television and the movies, uh, again, are often not the real things. Um, and even in what we, cons- uh, what we call today reality TV, uh, it is, it's put on as well. There are a lot of, there's a lot of facade there uh, as well. But there's been a song out for a while, and I just want to kind of read through some of the verses and one of the, um, the courses, then we'll pray and get into that. That cricket is still in here. Yeah. <laughs> He's in a, <laughs> I know, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, okay, so the verses go like this. Little, little girl, 14, flipping through a magazine, says she wants to look that way. Uh, but her hair isn't straight, her body isn't fake, and she's always felt overweight. Well, little girl, 14, I wish that you could see that beauty is within your heart. And you were made with such care, your skin, your body, and your hair are perfect just the way they are. The chorus goes, there could never be a more beautiful you. Don't buy the lies, disguises, and hoops they make you jump through. You are made to fill a purpose that only you could do. So there could never be a more beautiful you. Let's pray, and we'll go further in this. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for all the blessings you give us. Thank you for this opportunity tonight to uh, experience what we've already experienced and uh, praising you through song, Lord. We thank you for uh, this opportunity now to um, worship you through uh, just being attentive to your word, uh, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to each of our hearts and to instruct us, Lord, to convict us, to help us, to encourage us, to do whatever is in your good will and pleasure to do, Lord. I just ask that you would do that tonight. Um, Lord, help us to understand the importance of identifying this uh, impedance, if it's in our lives, or if uh, maybe we can be prone to go uh, this way, and uh, to avoid it, to try to remove it, uh, to try to go the other way. And so tonight we ask you just bless now, and uh, Lord, we'll praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And kill that cricket. I'm, I'm okay with the cricket. I'm just afraid some of you are going to be thinking like you're on a back porch in the summer and just fall asleep. So, <laughs> um, so Coca-Cola had a slogan in the early 2000s, and it was, this was the slogan. Anybody know what it is? In the early 2000s, they've had different ones. What? It's the real thing. That's right. It's the real thing. Uh, there's something to be something important to say about the real thing and uh, What I'm talking about specifically is about us being the real thing about being real about being sincere 
Uh, one of the impedances to spiritual maturity is our seventh one that we come to tonight, and uh, that is insincerity. Insincerity. Again, we saw in that song uh, the, the tendency of, of even youth culture uh, to gravitate to what is pretend, to what is a facade, to what is an external appearance only. And again, when we look at Christianity, we look at living out our salvation or working out our salvation as, as we see in Scripture, um, there can be a tendency to be insincere. There can be a tendency to put on a facade, to put on, well, this is the way I'm supposed to be or this is the way I'm supposed to act. And, and live from that perspective versus living from an absolute sincere perspective. Um, and we'll get into more about what that is and what that isn't uh, tonight. But the, the, what this does is when we have insincerity in our life is it brings question to whether or not a person is the real thing as far as Christianity goes. Uh, because, again, sometimes we can put on a facade. We can put a, a facade on when we get around other Christians, and then we live or we act, we talk a different way when we're not around them. Um, and so that can really damage the testimony of Christ. That can really damage uh, what true Christianity is, what we see in, in Scripture. Uh, but I, I put this down, and, and I hope you will take the notes as we go along. But the more sincere we are, I believe the more Christ-like that we can become. Uh, in our lives. So the more we operate in sincerity, the more that we live out every day in, from just a sincere place, uh, I believe the more Christ-like we can become. But here's the thing, just because we say I'm being sincere doesn't necessarily mean that we're Christ-like or that we're spiritually mature. Uh, but on the flip side, the less sincere we are, the further from Christ-likeness we are. So that's, that's a true reality uh, today as well. Uh, if we're not very sincere, we can't really hope to become more like Christ in our life. I believe there's seasons that people can go through in their Christian life where they are more sincere than others, or maybe even uh, seasons where they're uh, more insincere than others. I think that's something that we can all um, experience in our life. But the question with all of this is, of course, what is sincerity? So we can understand what insincerity is. So. In, uh, sincerity is this, it's the quality or state of being sincere. Wow. Um, but furthermore, it means honesty of mind. But look at this next statement, freedom from hypocrisy. Some of you know that hypocrisy comes from um, a, a, an old word, uh, uh, an old school, uh, old world word uh, that talked about putting a mask on. And uh, the, the, I think it's Greek. But um, so then the, the word insincerity would be the quality of not ex expressing those things or the quality of not expressing genuine feelings or we could say being insincere would be acting disingenuous. And we could just label it as if you are being insincere, you are being hypocritical. Um, so that is the, the damage that can be done to a person's testimony and to the name of Christ. If we are hypocritical and knowingly hypocritical is, is, is one thing. And that is damaging uh, to the person. But some people have said, and I have not condoned this, I don't think this is right, uh, but some people have propagated that you just need to fake it till you make it. And I just, I, I've, I've preached against that. I don't think that you should uh, act like something that you're not or pretend. Uh, I've never liked that. I don't think that's biblical. Um, it's not moving to Christ-likeness to fake it until you make it. Um, I believe it's hypocritical. I believe if you say, I think you just fake it till you make it, I think that is hypocritical. Uh, because the word fake, 
I mean, fake it. Don't fake it. Don't, that's hypocritical. Um, but I will say this, okay? They say, so if I'm in a bad place, and for me to be sincere, I don't know what that would look like. So if I don't fake it till I make it, it might be real ugly. I will say this. If you're not in a good place, it doesn't mean that being sincere, in being sincere, that you lose all discretion and all inhibition in your life. Okay? Hear what, that, hear what I said again? If you're in a bad place, you're not in a good place, spiritually speaking. To be sincere doesn't mean that you lose every ability to, to, to be discreet or every ability to, to have inhibition. In other words, to, to hold your tongue or to do that. To be sincere doesn't mean that you just become this horrible, fleshly, sinful person again if you're in a bad place. Um, being in a bad place and being sincere doesn't mean that you can have a bad attitude or that you're mean or you're ugly or you're rude to people. I'm just being sincere. I'm being the real thing, Brother Kyle. You know, no, that's not what it means. Uh, it doesn't mean, uh, well, then if I'm not like that, then I'm being fake. That, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the compromise. I don't think that's the, the place that you have to fall down on. If you're in a bad place, being sincere means that you are fleshly or that you are uh, sinful or that you are damaging or you're discouraging, or anything like that to other people. I don't think that's, that's the case. Um, that's another mark. That's another discussion. That's another, or maybe inhibition, for another time, if, if you want to talk about that as far as control or self-control. But sincerity is this. As Christians who are in process of maturity, okay, if we're all in process of maturing and becoming more, more like Christ, it's going to look like at times that we're actually having a hard time. That's what it's going to look like. But it doesn't mean, I'm going to say that again, it doesn't mean that we become rude or ugly or mean or damaging to other people in the name of Christ. I'm just in a bad place. I'm going through a bad season. I'm dealing with a lot right now. That's why I'm lashing out at people. No, no, no. That's not what it means. Uh, again, it doesn't mean that. It does mean that, though, there may be times that people can see that you're going through a difficult time. It does mean that at times there's going to be a reality that you can say, Man, I'm tired. That you can say, man, there's just a lot of stuff going on right now. Man, I'm, I'm dealing with a whole lot right now. It, it does mean that you can be honest and sincere, sincere in, in, in being, again, real about what you're dealing with if you're going through a hard time. But just because we go through hard times or dry seasons or turbulent waters doesn't mean at any time that we quit trying to be who God's called us to be because I think that's what ends up happening is again we, we think that if, if we're going through a difficult season then man we're just gonna let it all hang out and, and we're just being real just being raw you know brother Kyle he's told us to be sincere and this is the ugly that's me that's not it we don't see that in scripture I would go further and say being sincere or being real in tough times doesn't mean that you lose the ability to exercise other spiritual disciplines like grace or mercy. So when you're going through a tough time and you're going to be sincere, you're going to be real, it doesn't mean that you lose the ability to show grace to people. It doesn't mean that you lose the ability to extend mercy to people. It doesn't mean that you, you lose the ability to speak with grace, with speech that is seasoned with salt. 
Again, sometimes we, we think that there's just no place for us to land. If, if I'm going to go through a hard time and I'm not going to be fake, it's going to be ugly. It doesn't have to be that way. I don't, I don't believe that at all. Because now what you're saying is I have no other resources to draw from other than my emotions. Other than, than, than how I put on or how I don't put on. And that's, I think that's just not true. Um, there were times that the Apostle Paul would write even to the Corinthians and say, we, 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 we had worry that we were going to die. That's what we were going through. That's how bad it got. That's okay. He was being sincere. Paul wasn't saying, you bunch of losers. You know, get your act together. You know, he, he wasn't, I mean, in ways he said that, but he didn't say it with that, that, that less of grace or that uh, little amount of grace. But when you're in a tough place, a struggle, this is in your notes as well, you're going through a difficult time, a couple of things. Sincerity doesn't excuse sinfulness, and sincerity doesn't excuse selfishness. Again, you're going through these tough, tough places in your Christian life, and you feel like, if I'm going to be real, then it's, I'm going to be honest with you. Because here's what I've heard before. People going through difficult times, people have... Uh, started walking in the flesh and they say stuff like this it's time for me to be happy I'm making decisions for me and, and I'm just being real uh, stuff like that that's how they say I'm just being real I, I've, I've done so much for so many people for so long now it's time to do something for me and again that sincerity doesn't excuse selfishness it doesn't excuse sinfulness um, being sincere, therefore, not being, uh, I'm sorry, insincere, not being genuine, not being honest, may smile and go through the motions of right, but not having the motive right. So if you're insincere, you're not being genuine, what that may look like is you put that smile on and you go through the motions of right, but your motives aren't right. That's the big deal. That's the big deal. Insincerity has kept you then from the blessing. Insincerity has kept you from the reward in eternity. Um, so again, it's not about just saying, well, I'm just going to put a smile on my face. And even though I really don't want to, even though I really don't want to serve them, even though I don't want to go to church, even though I don't want to uh, pray with them, even though I don't want to sing those songs, I'm just going to smile and do it anyways. Well, that's the wrong motive. You're going to miss the blessings in all of that that God has for his people. Number one, right now, you're going to miss it. But secondly, you're going to miss the rewards in eternity for all that. So, well, the, the best thing for me to do then is just stay home. Where's that in scripture? <laughs> the best thing to do is get your heart right. That's what the best thing to do is. The best thing to do is say, God, I'm in a bad place. God, I'm in a real fleshly sinful, selfish place. God, right now, I really don't feel like doing these things, and I know that's my fault, and that's my bad. God, forgive me. Help me. I want to be real about what I do. God, I want to be sincere in my worship for you. God, I want to be honest and genuine as I serve other people and as I try to be an encouragement to, to other believers and as I try to reach the lost. God, I want to be real about this. I don't want to fake it until I make it. I don't want to try to put on it's us that need to get our heart right. It's not like, well, all the circumstances in my life got to come back together for me to be sincere. No. 
Let's get real and say, maybe I just need to repent. Maybe I just need to say, God, help me get my heart right. If I can't do what I'm supposed to do with the right heart, then God, help me get my heart right. Faith, sincere faith, as, as we're going to see in just a minute, means this. It means that you keep going. So if you're going to walk, the just shall walk by faith. If we're going to walk by faith, it means that we keep moving forward. Not faking as you go. Not drab and discouraged. Not saying, you know what, well, I'm just being sincere right now and I'm just dragging my tail around and I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm discouraged and down and all this kind of stuff and this is just me being honest. No, it doesn't mean that you have to live like that either. What living by sincere faith means is that you push on by faith. It means that you choose to obey. It means that you choose to exercise other spiritual disciplines that you have that the Holy Spirit has given to you. Even when your flesh, when your emotions are worn, are tested, and are weak. You say, I'm still going to choose to do this with the right heart. Again, it's a matter of getting in a check. It's a matter of doing it by faith um, and choosing to do these things. Uh, a lot of times we choose our attitudes. A lot of times we, we choose whether we're going to uh, keep moving forward and keep moving forward with the right attitude or not. Um, and again, it's a choice we make, but you make choices in your spiritual life to whether or not you're going to put one foot in front of the other or not. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm not going to stay here in my self-pity. I'm not going to stay here in my misery. I'm not going to stay here and, and allow this trial to consume me. I'm, I'm going to keep moving forward in faith in this trial. And when God brings me out of this trial, he brings me out of this trial. When I get through this difficult patch, when I get through this dry season, when I'm done with it, then I'm done with it. But I'm going to choose by faith to trust God and to keep putting one foot right in front of the other, striving to be sincere. Woo! There's that mic. <laughs> striving to be sincere in everything that I do. I'm not used to that. Mm, I don't like that. Um, that's why I put that thing up there. I, don't, I never really do that. So, <laughs> but, um, but you make choices to put one foot right in front of the other. Um, insincerity, here's the reality, and I put this in notes as well, insincerity enslaves and eventually catches up and destroys. It, it's hard to be insincere for a sustained period of time and it not get you in some form or fashion. So a lot of people that, that put on facades, a lot of people that operate in sincerity, but that's enslaving and that's exhausting. And pretty soon people get tired, Right? I mean, we see it even in Hollywood. I mean, what, what ends up happening is, is we see these, these characters put on, you know, this front, and everything's amazing. They're glamorous. They, they have all this money. They have all this amazing lifestyle. And the next thing you know, they're being dragged out of a club, drunk, half-dressed, and plastered. You know, that's the real thing. You know, that, that's the real thing. Um, and so, again, it, it's exhausting. And, and, and it's, just, it's just not worth being uh, insincere again and enslaves eventually catches up and destroys but sincerity on the other hand breeds freedom sincerity breeds freedom and freedom is what we've been given by christ galatians 5 13 says don't use the liberty that you've been given by god for an occasion to the flesh or a, a reason to please the flesh but by love serve one another use the freedom that you have to serve again it's been given to us in christ freedom from sin freedom to serve him freedom to serve others again when we operate in sincerity 
We, we have freedom. We have freedom to be real. Freedom to choose to do what's right, even when we aren't feeling good. You know, I'm going to do right, and I'm going to have the right attitude and the right motive, because it's right. And I have freedom to do that because I've been freed from sin. I've been freed from being enslaved to my flesh. I've been freed from being enslaved to sin. And I can choose to do what's right. And I can be real. Sincerity is so vital because it, it, it's connected. It, it, it leads to other things. Uh, when we are sincere, it leads to connection. Sincerity leads to connection. And what I mean is connection with the Lord, connection with other people. Right? That's love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the, those are the two greatest commandments. All the law and the prophets hang on that. That's what Jesus said. And so um, sincerity leads to that. Right? Because what ends up happening is if you're not sincere, you're not really going to form any true connection with God. You're not going to form any really true connection with people. If you're not sincere. And so sincerity leads to connection. Connection then leads to care. Right? Because once you're connected with people, once you're connected to God, then things begin to matter more. I mean, when, when you're connected to God, when you begin to, to really start connecting with God, you're, you, you're sincere in your approach to the Lord and your worship to Him. You're, you're sincere in your connection with other people and, and, and you're wanting to share with other people. Uh, there's sincerity in that and you're forming and you say, well, see, that's where I have a problem because I've been burned so many times in my relationship. I go all in and then something ends up happening and getting hurt. Listen, Jesus was crucified at the end of it all. How more hurt can you get? Again, we're going after Christ's likeness. We're going after his model. We're going after what he did and how he lived and who he is and, and all those things. That's what we're going for. And again, there's no greater sincerity, there's, no, greater, there's no, no more sincere of a person than Jesus Christ. And so again, insincerity is an impedance that keeps us from being like him. So we see that sincerity leads to connection. Some people, uh, some people tap out at that point, so I just don't want to get close to people. I want to be real, I don't want to be fake, but I, I have a hard time when it comes to relationships of being sincere, fully sincere, because I'm afraid of what's going to happen there. But you're not going to be used of God if you're not going to be sincere. And being sincere means that you form connections. And when you form connections, then that's when the care, when things begin to really matter. Um, I will say this. This is one of the things the Lord has, has shown me, both in his word, by examples, and in scriptures, but also in experience in, in, in ministry. I, I see people who aren't fully engaged, fully invested. Uh, and, and a lot of times it's because they don't really care. And the reason why they don't really care is they haven't really formed any real relationships. And the reason why they haven't really formed any real relationships is because they're not willing to be sincere. They're going to put on this little front, and they will smile, and they will make a, a certain amount of connection, but they will not be sincere. Like, we are a family. This is real. We, this is a, the eternal family of God. Let's be there. Let's serve each other. Let's, let's be together. Let's live together. Let's, let's do the things that the, the church is called to do. Let's be sincere in this. And again, people won't get past that first level of sincerity to form the connections. They won't form the connections, so therefore they won't really care. 
They won't care, which leads to investment, right? That's what ends up happening. When, you, when something matters to you, you pour into it, right? You pour into your kids, you pour into your job, you pour into your finances, you pour into, you pour into what matters. You invest in what matters. So again, care leads to investment. And a lot of times we're willing to sacrifice for that, right? I've, taught, I've preached on that before. What matters to us, sometimes we'll sacrifice and, and, and think about your kids. How much are you willing to invest in your kids? How much are you willing to sacrifice for your kids? Here, here's, here's the statement that I think every parent in here would, would, would um, uh, sign up for. If it meant me eating or my kids eating, my kids would eat every time. Right? Well, we know that after a long period of time, you have to have food, you know. But in our minds, because they matter to us, because they care to us, we're willing to invest or sacrifice, even, again, if it means us losing out on something. When we care, we invest. And here's the amazing thing in, in relationships in the world and, and in the church. Investment is essential for growth. Like, you're not going to grow your savings account unless you invest in it. You're not going to, uh, you know, uh, grow in your job unless you invest the time and effort and stuff like that. You're not going to grow in your spiritual walk unless you invest the necessary time and effort and sincerity into that. Again, in, in, uh, investment is essential for growth. You have to have investment if you're going to grow. So that's why sincerity is so important. Many times in Scripture we see sincerity describing a, a few important things. And uh, I, I have three of these things uh, on why, why sincerity is so important. Again, why insincerity is such an impedance to spiritual growth because of what we see about sincerity in Scripture. And three areas that sincerity is important is, number one, faith. Sincere faith, right? You can, you can fake faith, but, man, <laughs> that's a terrible mistake to make. Uh, is, is to try to, again, fake it till you make it, to have fake faith. Paul wrote to Timothy a couple times. As a matter of fact, in the first book, chapter 1, verse 5, in his second letter, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 5, he, mentioned, he, he makes mention in both those chapters in the same verses uh, about sincere faith. In, in chapter 1, of 1 Timothy, he says, Now the end of the commandment is charity, is love, out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. That means of sincere faith. That's the end of the commandment. He then writes in the second letter to Timothy, in the same chapter, same verse, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, the sincere faith that is in you, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. Again, it was obvious that he had sincere faith. Again, there's some elements. I'm not going to go into all the details that would describe or that would, that would show a sincere faith, but I think one of the greatest uh, descriptors or one of the greatest um, elements that shows somebody has sincere faith is faithfulness. Again, if, if somebody is faithful, they are full of faith. That's, that's, the, that's one of the, uh, the products of faith. Faithful. The reason why Paul said uh, that he would be willing to send Timothy, and he couldn't have, he didn't have anybody else that was more trustworthy, that he could say, send that was more caring for people, there it goes again, more, um, uh, more reliable, was because he knew the type of faith that's, that Timothy had. How did he know, know the type of faith? Because Timothy was committed. Timothy was faithful. He didn't have to worry. 
Timothy, you're gonna, if, I keep, if I ask you to stay in Ephesus, are you going to stay there? He didn't ask him that question ever. He told him, that's why I left you in Ephesus. That's why I want you to stay there. That's why I'm sending Timothy to you, because he's the one that I can rely on above everybody else. Again, it points to a sincere faith. In 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians, by the way, if you read 2 Corinthians, you just study on that, you're going to find a lot of times Paul uh, writing to the Corinthians about uh, and defending the sincerity of their motives as a missionary team, but also encouraging sincerity in the Corinthian believers themselves. And in chapter 11, verse 3, he says this, I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, uh, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Again, challenging them to be sincere in their devotion to Christ. Hebrews chapter 10, let us draw near with a true or an honest heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. In your notes, insincerity is an impedance to operating in faith. So again, insincere faith. So if we are going to, to have sincere faith, which is essential to be effective as a, as a servant of God, then insincerity can't be in our life. It's an impedance to sincere faith. Why is this so important? Because we're told in Hebrews chapter 11 that faith is what pleases God, right? That's what it says in chapter 11. But that without faith, it's impossible to please him. And so again, that's why sincere faith is so important. That's why insincerity being an impedance to sincere faith is you're not going to grow spiritually because you're not going to be able to do what pleases the Lord because you're not going to be able to operate in that sincere faith. And that sincere faith is what pleases God. So again, faith is what pleases God and it produces works. And that's what James wrote about. James talked about how don't be uh, uh, hearers of the word only, but be doers. Uh, you're supposed to, that's what true faith does is it produces works. The second thing is this, love. That's the second important area of sincerity, vital is is love um 2 corinthians chapter 8 again as i said a while ago second corinthians is that book that paul uh, spoke about sincerity a lot in verse 7 therefore as you abound in everything in faith and utterance and knowledge and all diligence and in your love to us see that you abound in this grace also i speak not by commandment by but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love to test, to prove, to examine the, the sincerity of your love. And so again, Paul writing them and, 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 and underscoring the importance of having sincere love for other people in light of the fakeness of other people. See, that's, that's the, the real deal. What, what is sincere love going to look like? Sincere love is going to look like loving somebody even when they wrong you. Sincere love is, is going to be loving somebody even when they hurt you. Sincere love is going to be, and, and, I'm, and I'm using illustrations from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Loving somebody sincerely is going to be not keeping score of wrongs. Loving, again, that's, read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and that's what sincere love is going to look like in our life. And so again, that's supposed to be what we are, ha we are to be defined by. We already talked about love being one of those marks. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 24, grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. I don't know about you, but I want the grace of God in my life. I want, it, I want his favor every day. And so again, I need to make sure that I stay in sincere love. If, it, if insincerity creeps into my life, then it's going to keep me from having a sincere love. Why is sincere love so important? 
Because there in your notes, insincerity is an impedance to operating in love. Love is the definition of Christ. Love is the definition of Christ. God is love. Not only is the definition of Christ, it's the greatest virtue that we can possess and express. Again, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and then 13, and then going on to 14, talks about all the gifts that, that the Holy Spirit has given to the church. He talks about proper use and improper use. And chapter 13 is that parenthesis where he highlights the most important thing out of everything that's to be done in our Christian lives and in the church. We are to operate in love. Again, he defines what that looks like. And then at the end of it, he says this. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Again, so if we have insincerity in our life, it's going to keep us from operating in sincere love. And sincere love is not only the definition of our Lord and what we're supposed to be doing, but also it's the greatest virtue that we can possess and express. And lastly, service, sincere service. Joshua 24, verse 14 now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in what? Sincerity. Serve him in sincerity and in what? Faithfulness. Serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Again, you go back a little bit further. It says, serve him in sincerity. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Don't be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. With a fervent spirit, Colossians 3, verse 22, bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. So serve the Lord, serve others with sincere hearts. Don't do it because, well, it's what I'm supposed to be doing. Don't fake it. <laughs> Let's not be fake. Serve because it's what God has afforded us the opportunity to do. Serve because it's a great privilege and a great grace extended to us to serve the Lord and to serve other people. Insincerity is an impedance to serving God and others. And here's the thing. Servanthood is our call to follow after Christ. That's the call that we've been given in following after Christ. is servanthood. Remember he sits down and he washes the apostles' feet and then what does he tell them? As I've done to you, do also to, other, to, to each other. Be servants. He says the greatest among you is not your master. The greatest among you is your servant. Christ illustrated that. He exemplified that. Again, we are to follow him or take up our cross and follow him. Sincere service is so important. So we see sincere faith, sincere love, sincere service are vital in our relationship or as our, in, in our lives as Christians, followers of Christ. Those who are trying to become more Christ-like. Sincere faith, sincere love, sincere service. Those three things are vital if we are going to be more Christ-like. That means if we are insincere, if we do an examination of our heart, examination of our motives, we aren't growing closer to that sincere faith. We're not growing closer to that sincere love. We're not growing closer to that sincere service that we see in Jesus Christ then we have to know we're not growing to Christ-likeness. That's just the reality. If, I'm, if you're here tonight, because you have to. If you're here tonight because, well, I didn't really want to be here, it's just what I have to do. If you're here tonight, well, I didn't really feel, I, I didn't, I don't, I'm not in it, I'm not, I'm not wanting to be here, but I came because it's what you're supposed to do. Like, that's insincere. 
That's not what the Lord wants from you. I, I told that person that Jesus is the only way to save them, but I don't want to tell them. <laughs> That's a bad heart. I hope the, I hope, I, I, I'll say that. That's a bad heart. I mean, those of us who've been given grace, how could we ever have that as a thought? I don't want to tell that person, you know. I'm not saying anybody in here has ever had that, but again, that's what I'm, that, that's the, the ugly picture of what insincerity looks like, is whenever we do something with not the right motive. We should do nothing for the Lord in insincerity. We should be, do nothing for God, for others, with insincerity. And again, if that's an element we find in our life, we've got to know that that's keeping us from becoming more like Christ. He came here, and he was as genuine as genuine could be. He was sincere as sincere could be. And at no point in time do we see him in his sincerity being ugly, rude, mean, unfaithful, undevoted, not serving. He was completely sincere, even in the face of people slapping in his face and mocking him. He was completely sincere, even when people were abandoning him, abandoning, abandoning him, betraying him, spitting on him, crucifying him. He still was sincere. He wasn't in his sincerity at any point in time. He didn't rail back at them. The Bible says when he was reviled, he reviled not again. He was sincere. So when we measure our sincerity, we measure our insincerity, that's who we need to look to. What did, what did the life of Christ look like? That's how my life should be going. That's what my, the direction my life should be going like that. I should be becoming more and more sincere in my faith. I should be becoming more and more sincere in my love to God and others. I should be becoming more and more sincere in my service to God and to others. And in those seasons that I don't feel good, in those seasons that I'm going through difficult times, and in those seasons when the attacks are coming and the struggles are real, I'm still going to make choices in, in sincerity to do what's right because it's right. So the question is, do you see any insincerity in your life? Are you... Are you Again, are you here tonight? Do you show up for church? Do you show up for anything at church that has, having to do with, 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 with the body of Christ, with the people of God, with a mission, with God's purpose? Do you, are you apart because you have to? Is, is, that, is that the level of insincerity? Or maybe you show up and you, the insincerity that you find is what I was talking about earlier. You, you're not willing to make real connections with people. You show up to church, to the gathering, but that's the extent of your connection. Maybe you haven't prayed for somebody in this body. Maybe you haven't taken the time to know what they might need you to pray about. Maybe you don't know some of the needs that your fellow brothers or sisters may need you to be calling on God's name for, you, for, for them about. Maybe, again, it's that, that, that measure of insincerity that's in your life that's keeping you from connecting that way, and therefore you're not, you're not caring about what others are going through. And because you don't care about what others are going through, you don't know what it's like to invest. And because you don't know what it's like to invest into others in the family of God that he's placed you in, 
you're not seeing the fruit that comes from that. Or maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you used to have that. Maybe you, you were all in. Man, you were passionate, you were engaged, you were connected, you, were, you cared, you, you invested in, in, in people's lives, you invested in the, 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 the ministry, you, inve- you were invested. It mattered to you. And, and, and there, was, there was fruit and you were, you were part of what was going on, but now you find yourself at a place where you feel disenchanted or disconnected. You feel like that you got to put on this facade to just to be here and, and to seem like that you're connected, but you're not. Is that the measure of sincerity? Or are you here and you say, you know what? I really believe that I'm sincerely striving in faith, love, and service. I put this in your notes too. I, I want us to understand that sincerity is not a score. It's a standard. What I mean by that is you don't measure sincerity by what you do compared to others. Well, I think I'm as sincere as the next person because I'm involved in, uh, I'm involved in, in this ministry and that ministry and this ministry. Listen, and, and that person only does that ministry. And so I'm, I'm, I got to be sincere. I mean, if, we're, if you're asking us to, to measure whether we're being sincere or insincere tonight, I mean, I'm looking at so-and-so and... I mean, I think I'm probably more, no, sincerity, you don't measure your sincerity by what you do compared to others. You measure sincerity by why you do what you do. That's an evaluation that only you and God can see. Why are you here? Why are you doing it? Why are you praying for those people? Why are you giving? Why are you serving? Why are you going? Why, you know, why, why, why? That's the measure of sincerity. Why are you doing what you're doing? Because you have to because, or because you desire to. Or because God commanded and you want to do what he's called you to do. So let's not let insincerity be an impedance to our lives. To becoming more spiritually mature. Let's be real. And let's sincerely strive to have our lives aligned with our Lord's as much as humanly possible. Like I'm not perfect, I missed the mark. But I'm going to say this, I I don't like fakeness. Or if that's a word, fakeness. I don't like insincerity. And if any point in time I have found things in my life that, that hint towards that, it repulses me. And I ask God to forgive me, and I, I, I don't want to be like that. Uh, my, my desire is that you come to my house, this is what you get. You know, I hit that, oh, my bad, you know. You know we're we're going to laugh about this, we're going to talk about that, we're going we're gonna to have a connection, it's going to be real. You, we go to eat, it's gonna, this is what you get. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not up here and, the Lord said, you know, and this is what you get, you know. I heard you, Eli. <laughs> this is what it is. And again, imperf- imperfections and everything, um, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not perfect in that, but that's what I'm striving for. And I'll, I believe the scripture shows us that's how we all should be striving. And I think, I look around the room and I see so many people doing the same thing. Striving to be just the sincere children of God that he's called us to be. But again, the challenge tonight is to just do that evaluation. I try to do that. I try to be sensitive to that. Again, I'm not perfect in that. but try to be sensitive in my life. And I'm encouraging you to do the same. Just, just, do, just try to be sensitive and evaluate. Am I being sincere? Am I being real? Or do I come to church and people see and experience somebody different than the way I'm at home, than I, the way I am at my job, the way I am in public, 
Am I the same person? Am I sincere? Sincerity is going to lead to Christ-likeness. Insincerity is going to keep us from it. Let's, let's make sure there's no insincerity in our lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity, uh, again, for, for me to be challenged and for us to be challenged as a church. Um, God, we realize, again, as I said a while ago, there's no greater example of sincerity than you. Uh, you are pure and perfect in all your ways. You are pure and perfect in all your motives. And uh, you are sincerity, God. And uh, as we strive to be that, I pray tonight that we would take a real heartfelt look at our motives, that we would take a real examination, a real look at whether we're being real. And again, help us remember that being real, being sincere doesn't mean that we're rude or ugly or that we're faithless, we're not faithful. Doesn't mean that we, we step back or we quit, uh, but it means that we are, are real and we choose to do what you've called us to do, even when we don't feel like it. And we make the choice uh, to do it with the right motive or not. And so God, help us to be more like you in this. Uh, help us to repent and to remove any area or anything that may uh, be insincere in our life or, or uh, lead to that. And I pray that you just move now as we respond to your word and this message, and we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name.